Good morning. I don't want to rush you, but please hurry up. We have a special event today that I don't want you to miss. Uh, I don't want us to waste any time uh, getting to. So um, I can't hold this handheld mic up. That's the reason I bring a singing bowl today. Um, so uh, make sure your phone is off, please. I should do that myself. It is. Okay. Take a deep breath or two. If it helps to close your eyes, do so. <clears throat> Just do what is required to get yourself in this space. Our goal is to be present to be open, to be awake. May grace be in our heads and in our thinking, grace be in our eyes and in our seeing, grace be in our ears and in our hearing, grace be in our mouths and in our speaking, grace be in our hearts and in our understanding, and grace be at our ends and our at our departing. And no matter who you are, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, you are celebrated here. We don't have visitors in this class. If you're here, even if this is the first time, you're a member here. Uh, you're part of what's what wants to happen here. So uh, we don't have, we don't have visitors. So how's it going for you? Are you doing okay? Your daily spiritual practice? If I were to call on you, some random person, to come up and tell us about your daily spiritual practice, would you be prepared to do that? Would you? Okay, let me see. Um, <laughs> I'm just testing there. Um, so. So I believe um, that, oh, I want to say one, one, one other thing. You know, the, today is a, in preparation for an event that we're having the last Saturday of this month where um, Suzanne Stabell is going to be with us. And uh, Suzanne Stabell is an entertaining, informative um, speaker on the Enneagram. We have heard her at conferences and um I'm glad that she's going to be here. We already have now over 200 people registered for this event, and we've got room for a few more. I have been asked by people, uh, what if we're live streaming? What if we live in North Carolina or in California? Can we attend this event? Yes. If you register on the website, and it will cost you a small amount of money, and you live in San Diego, we will mail your lunch to you. <laughs> and you'll get it about 10 days after the event. No, we won't do that. So listen, everybody who registers, no matter where you live, the morning of that event, you will get a link that will allow you to log on and watch the Suzanne Stavell Saturday event live streamed. If you live in San Diego, unfortunately, you won't 
get the benefit of the synergy of being in the room and all the interaction that will happen, nor the lunch that will be served, but you can watch everything and um, you're welcome to do that. I'm glad that we're able to offer this um, event. As you know, if you have listened to me, I believe that one of our primary purposes on this planet, after we have met the survival needs, and after we have gotten out from under the control, both physically and psychologically, of our parents, which takes some people a long time to do, our primary purpose on this earth is to grow in every way possible, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, in every way. And we seek to grow, of course, in our connections. I was 86 last week, and I still am learning stuff that I didn't know, and it's so exciting to be able to learn new things and to be exposed to new material. Um, we want to grow in our relationships in with ourselves, with our intimate partners, with the larger circle of people around us. And we want to grow in ways that lift us out of the mundane. We want to transcend where we are. And then thirdly, we want to be different than we are. Um, however timidly or however misguidedly, we all want to be transformed. Those three things, connection, transcendence, transformation, these are our heart's desires. And religion's proper function is to meet these desires. And sadly, religion in our time has failed many people in doing precisely that. But um, if a religion stays open and honest, it contributes to growth and freedom for people. So um, when people don't do that, they turn to drugs. And as I mentioned in the talk a couple of weeks ago, um, the leading cause of death in America right now is fentanyl. Uh, it's just astounding to me that we have that as a problem. So a tool that spiritual directors have used for many, many ways to understand our personalities, to understand how we can connect better with others, to transcend where we are, and to experience transformation is a tool called the Enneagram. And... Um, by the, time our, by the time this time today is over, you're going to have a better awareness and knowledge of the Enneagram. And hopefully those of you who know nothing about it will get informed. Those of you who are puzzled about what your number might be can leave here with more information about that. Um, Brooke Summers Perry and I have a long history, right? And uh, Brooke used to be a part of this uh, church and class. And she left years ago to start her own independent spiritual direction uh, business. She has her own web uh, app on the website, similar to Headspace. You can check that out. Maybe she'll tell us about it. But she's a really accomplished spiritual director, and she knows about the Enneagram. And she's here to talk to us about it. Welcome, Brooke Summersbury. hear me breathe. I'm a six on the Enneagram. <laughs> I'm glad you're doing this. Thank you. And if you don't know anything about that, if I do my job right, you will begin to understand <laughs> what that means. 
Um, so I am so grateful for Bill's invitation to do this. I love that I just saw on his slide about, all right, we're jumping from ahead. Um, on his slide about Suzanne Stabile, that she's the godmother of the Enneagram. That's the first time I saw that, and it just sunk in and hit me. If she's the godmother, I'm your fairy this morning. <laughs> I'm here to just put a little pixie dust in your head, and hopefully you, you will use it for the good of your grace and growth. That's my hope today. Um, I love that Bill asked me to come and do an introduction. It's pulling me into a bit of a challenge. I have done introductions to the Enneagram with different purposes over the years, some for parenting, some for relationships. Um, in business, I've done team building retreats where I explain the Enneagram and help people get some insight and break some patterns so that everyone performs in a more healthy way, both personally and professionally. Um, and I might have even done something similar to this in this class in years past. Um, but my hope is that I touch each one of you in a way where you'll be inspired to use it for your growth and grace. I believe that it does bring grace into our lives because it allows us to step back and look at things ourselves and others differently. And when we've been doing this journey as this specific orientation, it's hard to realize you need to step back. It's hard to see yourself and others differently. And I believe that in spiritual direction and spiritual formation, there's an invitation for us to become fully who we were born to be. And for me, the Enneagram has been a pathway that helps me do that. So I'm going to base this talk on a couple of, well, three different quotes at least, and a poem. Some of these you may have heard many times, and some of you might be hearing some of these for the first time. One is, as you start the walk, to walk, the way appears. That's Rumi. Um, and you'll see why I've picked that one a little bit later. One is, that place is strong with the dark side of the force, in you must go. <laughs> and that one I'm going to touch on a little bit because um, some of what the Enneagram does when you start to understand your perspective and the way that you see things in the world might come, the awareness might come with some guilt and some shadows, some things rush in. And I've heard, um, I've heard Bill and other presentations in here talk about the hero's journey and about um, the places where you really have to face your shadows, right? Um, so I wanted to touch on that a little bit here and say that the Enneagram has been one of the most powerful tools and guides that changed my life from being one full of fear, illusion, isolating depression, and unnecessary anxiety, and unbearable pressure, to one of curiosity, connection, delight, creativity, and inspiration. I'm here because I also experienced some mistyping, right, a misunderstanding of this incredibly powerful tool. So I'm inviting each of you to engage with it in the most effective and efficient way. I'm not an expert poised to teach you all about the Enneagram from a knowledge perspective. I am 
an expert in how I've experienced the Enneagram, right, in my own life. That I'm becoming an expert on. I'm an expert on the application of it in my life. And I want each of you to take on that challenge to do that for yourselves. I've done my fair share of learning a lot of different tools and maybe as my personality type shows through as I go through this presentation, you'll understand my quest has been to find many different answers because I tend to see a lot of problems on the horizon. Um, what I've found in all that exploration, some people have called me an expert or a, actually it was my niece that said, someone eventually will give me an honorary PhD in the self-help section. Um, that's where my journey started when I started coming to Ordinary Life. It was like Ordinary Life and the self-help section. That's where I started. Um, and what I've learned about the Enneagram is that it's a, like an umbrella tool. There's so many tools and practices out there. And thankfully, our world is shifting where these things are more accessible, right? You can find spiritual practice and personal growth practices better than you could when I was rummaging through the self-help section and reading and going to workshops and all that. You can find the practices. But the Enneagram helps you find the ones that are right for you. Each of us have muscles that we've strengthened using our coping mechanisms over the years. And some of these practices help us get stronger muscles in areas where we already have strong muscles. The Enneagram helps you find the, the tools that help strengthen the other muscles that give you more balance, right? All right, so um, here's a challenge. I want you to be changed by it. And this won't happen if you are passive about it or you focus on everybody else's Enneagram types. <laughs> As humans, that's a real temptation. I want you to look at the Enneagram as a way to free people from their boxes and come into understanding them with curiosity. The Enneagram can help you with that path that starts with curiosity. If your intention to understand others is to keep them in their box and not allow them to transcend and grow and connect in the way that's best for them, it can be manipulative. So what I want you to do is really create this clarity of your mission with it, right? So that you can take yourself out of a box see things differently for you, and resist the temptation to keep other people in boxes. Does that make sense? Um, as a six on the Enneagram, one of my tenets is to first do no harm. <laughs> so taking on this challenge to be here today, I first started with all of the disclaimers, <laughs> right? All of the things I want you um, to not turn it into something that's going to do harm in your life or in, in your relationships with others, but to orient you towards a way for it to help you free yourself and connect more deeply, transcend your patterns and your behaviors so that 
you shift from reactive behavior that's based on years and years of developing a defense mechanism or a coping strategy to other possibilities that are more open and loving and curious and allows all of us to fully develop into who we were born to be. No small thing, <laughs> just a little, a little uh, path here. Um, I've gone off my script, which actually is a really good sign for you. That means I'm not super scared right now. Um, if you are willing to ask yourself tough questions and accept your unique shadows, it will reveal itself along the way, just like that quote by Rumi, right? It reveals itself. If, however, you may be a thinking type on the Enneagram and you want to know everything about it before you start, you may drown in its complexity and it became a, an excuse for you to not do your work. So watch out for that said by someone who took that path first. Um, this is a, a tool that can help you understand the full spectrum of the way other people perceive life and then how they're motivated differently than you. So I want that to be your understanding that as complex as the Enneagram is, we want it to be that complex because there aren't only nine types of us. There's all these other aspects of it. And we all, I should have started with the Enneagram, is the nine types. <laughs> but there are more than nine types. There's this complex relationship with other numbers in the system. So allow yourself to grow with the unfolding of your unique um, orientation, right? And always stay with a question, why? That's my big challenge for you. I don't know about you, but I grew up in a time where kids were asked to not ask why. Like, it was annoying if we asked why too many times. But I have found that by going in with curiosity and asking the question why, then we open ourselves up to all kinds of possibilities. And when it comes to our behavior, which might be what we want to change, asking ourselves why leads us to our motivation and our longing and our spiritual longings and our longings about who we want to be and how we want to connect. Those are really important questions. And the Enneagram is only your answer if you are letting it unfold for you, right? It's not going to be like, here's who you are. Go have a great day. <laughs> you need to let it unfold as your questions about why unfold ahead of you. And I, I'm like a poster child for this. Don't worry if you get it wrong at first. Don't worry if you get confused at first. In my spirituality, I believe that my spiritual GPS, sacred mystery, knows how to recalculate your dang route. It's going to be okay. <laughs> and the lessons you learn along the way will come in handy farther down the road. So I think the biggest trap is, is our human tendency to, to put each other in boxes and put ourselves in boxes. I know I've said that all, all along. 
But we tend to deny ourselves, distract, we deny many things, distract, deflect, and deepen into things that are helping us avoid our growth and transformation. The Enneagram can help us see those tendencies and be little red flags along the way. That's one of the things I love about this because it also shows you some indicators, right? You have indicators on your dash in your car. There are indicator lights for your type that will say, oh, you're becoming a little bit too interested in working, maybe becoming a little bit of a workaholic. You might wanna take a closer look. That's a tendency I have. Yours might be different. Maybe yours is the other way. You're having a tendency of watching Netflix all the time, right? That could be an indicator light for you. And this is another thing I wanna say. You can see how it, the more you know about yourself, not only are you aware, but you can also find practices and tools that help you with your specific part, right? If performance and productivity is kind of a temptation for me, then I know that maybe I need to go have a quiet meditation in nature instead of going back to the self-help section and reading about five books at the same time, right? Here's another quote. In theory, there's no difference in theory and practice. And in practice, there is. And in my infinite Google research, I have heard that quote attributed to Yogi Berra or Albert Einstein. But the fact is, I want you to think about the practice. Knowing, doing, and then being. All of these things together. All right, this is a poem that we use in healing circles. Um, we're blessed with David Spall's presence today on healing circles. We use this a lot, and I love this poem. I'm going to read it to you, and I want it to wash over you as I read it, because those handouts will become places where you connect with this poem. Okay, so just listen to it. Let it wash over you. We'll go deeper later. The Guest House by Rumi. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected guest. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. I believe the Enneagram is a guide to grace. It reveals our patterns of disconnection to self and others. It invites us to lean into the courageous work of inviting each guest. It is complex enough to honor our life experiences and our unique combinations of perspectives, defense mechanisms, blind spots, blocks, and barriers. As you explore your type, as you explore the types, your type appears. So here's a brief look at the nine types and their interconnectedness. Understanding our type helps us discover our answers, and this is straight from Suzanne Stabile, so 
I borrowed it since I'm like the opening act for her. Who am I? Why am I here? And why do I do the things I do? Those are important questions you've probably heard from Bill and from yourselves over the years. So the Enneagram type has a leading type, a type that we discover as the way, as it appears, we discover one type, but it also has wings, the numbers on either side of it, and it also has another relationship to two other numbers that are called triads. I don't expect you to remember all of this, just like that poem, let it wash over you, it will unfold <laughs> for you. Um, in those triads, where there's three numbers that are connected, there's a stress number, a security number, and then your leading type number. That's what the triads are made out of. And the reason this is so important is because this is your indicator lights on your dash, right? If your stress number, if you start to behave like your stress number, that tells you, ooh, I need to do some self-care, I need to do something different, right? I'm in stress, I'm behaving this way because I'm in stress. Your security number shows you how you behave when you're in stasis, when you're not under stress. So that's why the triads are so important because they become um, our indicator lights. And then there are stances which I'll get into a little bit more, but I kind of really fought myself with like, how much am I gonna tell them? I have, <laughs> I have 45 minutes to talk about something that's been around since like 980 and it's been <laughs> used in so many different places. How am I gonna do this? Um, but again, please let it wash over you and don't try to understand all of it just yet. So the typing process, I mentioned this earlier, we can, we can get mistyped, we can mistype ourselves. As you can see, it's so complex, it's easy to do that, right? Because we, we relate to a lot of different numbers on there. It really takes a while to find the one we lead with. And again, the question why helps you find that. What's your ultimate motivation for many of your behaviors? That will help you find your leading type. The more that we work with the Enneagram, the more we see our patterns and the more we have this um, possibility to accept our mission to liberate ourselves from it. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, this whole growth and transcendence and transformation thing requires us to know, do, and be. Mind, body, spirit, thinking type, body type, feeling type, right? These are all connected. So I think I already gave this warning. Um, I, want, I want you, because all of us are tempted to do things differently, I want you all to orient yourself around your personal mission with the Enneagram. And that will lead you back to the unfolding for you, right? So put yourself and your mission at the center of your focus with the Enneagram. Whoops. So here's where you're gonna use that handout. I don't know if you have pens or pencils, or even if like the first step is to just look at the question and spend a moment. But I, <clears throat> I, um, I want you all to look at the questions because I think it's important for you to take a moment 
to think about your why would you want to go to the workshop? Um, if sorry, if you didn't get if you didn't get them, I'll make sure you get them at the end. I don't know if can you see the questions. <clears throat> what is your mission and objectives and curiosities? For instance, why do you come to ordinary life? Have you thought about that? <laughs> Have you written that down? What is it you're seeking and longing? What's your motivation for attending this class? I want each of you to consider that. You got to know your mission and your objectives in order to make sure you're taking the actions or paying attention to the answers you're seeking. Like the more clear we are, the better we get at this, right? So what, what aspects of your life, now I'm going to have get in there and really get personal with you. What aspect of your life are you hoping to change? I want the, those elements of your mission to be your guide into Suzanne Stabil's workshop, into your work with the Enneagram. I need one up here in the front row. It's coming. If you have a pen and you want to write it down now, write it down. I do a lot more facilitating workshops than I do presentations. And I'm kind of a mama bear about forcing people into action. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a minute at least to think about the questions and jot down an answer or two about your mission. You're on a mission. All right, as a facilitator and a spiritual director, I have this like little subtitle in my head of like one who holds uncomfortable silence for far longer than people wish. <laughs> I could hold it for a lot longer because I want you to really consider that. That your curiosities and your longings and your motivation will lead you into a depth with the Enneagram that you, it will take you longer to do if you don't have that mission in your sights. Because there's so much information with it. And I don't want you to be distracted by all that information. I want you to be able to find your path and your understanding and your relationships with others if that's your mission. I want the, your specific mission to help the wisdom of the Enneagram unfold itself before you. 
in a way that you can use it, right? Not be baffled by it for years. So again, the guest house. There's questions on there about the guest house as well, right? I don't know if you've looked at those yet, but there are questions about who, um, who are your guests? How do you greet them, right? Who really shows up at the door? And if something does clear you of some wonderful delight, what delight would you hope would rush into that space that just got made? Dream it up. Spend some time. Because how will you know that guest or that opening is what you've longed for if you haven't given yourself the space to dream about it? There's one more handout, which I'm not going to force you to do right now, but it is an invitation for you to talk about what gets even more specific, like one, what is one way you, dis, you disconnect yourself from others? What's one area of your life that you want to improve? Or what is one relationship you want to improve? And the reason I gave that on a card is because if you give me information about that and put your email address on it and give it to me, I will handpick one of our practices with my company's called We Practice Life. I will find one of the 84 prompts or practices we have <clears throat> that meets that as best I can by the simple answers you gave me and I will email you that practice. So that's what that card is for. It's an invitation for you to get one practice, and most of our practices take 10 to 15 minutes tops. So you'll get a quick practice in your email inbox if you want to take the time to fill that out and give, give it to me before you leave. All right. So here's another quote. And I took this from one of um, Suzanne's books. It's my belief that no man ever understands quite his own dodges to escape from the grim shadow of self-knowledge. If you enjoy metaphors, you might enjoy this metaphor about the cave, <laughs> like in Star Wars. I know that's been, that's been talked about in here with Joseph Campbell's work about the hero's journey, that when Luke Skywalker in Star Wars goes into the cave, he takes nothing in, and what he faces is his own shadows. The Enneagram could play a number of parts in that scene and in this metaphor. You will be called to see truths that will change the way you see yourself and others. This knowledge can be used to deeply and authentically connect yourself to others. Or you may be tempted to use it to justify your just judgments, your assumptions, your rationalizations, and your justifications. Go back and look at your mission statement. If it is to transcend and connect and transform, then you will quickly write yourself to a more loving and graceful use of the knowledge you're learning about yourself and your orientation. In other words, don't let the dark side get a hold of you, right? Stay with the force for love and compassion and connection. Okay, 
So what does all this boxes and patterns and all that have to do with people and relationships? I used this graphic in here years ago in another presentation I did. And um, I came back around to it when I was thinking about this talk because if two people are trying to connect, there's some hidden filters and lenses that exist there, right? And these colored areas represent our, um, our, what's the word? Body sensations, our feelings, our thoughts, our core beliefs, our coping mechanisms, and this like, entangled way our life story and experience have oriented us to our unique complex structure, right? And when there are two people, you have two of those things going on. So unlocking these layers of behavior and limiting belief can sometimes bring up shame. So I encourage you to do as Brene Brown says, find a safe place where you can name this, an environment where you'll be loved and accepted, and the shame stands no chance. So that's an encouraging, like, do this in a group, right? Um, and in a safe group, if you will, so that you can heal in those moments where awareness gives you that sense of overwhelming guilt or even shame. Our healing begins layer after layer after layer. As our journey unfolds and our growth accelerates, the Enneagram has paved the way for my journey of knowing and loving myself so that I could become the mom I long to be. I could transcend the trauma of my past that kept me from trusting my husband deeply and end up having a solidly healthy relationship. So we're going to quickly review each type. And if there's time at the end, I'll share some more personal stories. Or as you know, I, I love to do that anyway. We can do that more privately. But I want to get into the, the whole beef. <laughs> all of the information that the Enneagram has to offer. Now, again, if you're somebody that gets overwhelmed with a lot of information, check in and out with me as I do this. Give yourself that freedom. There's a lot going on here. But I wanted to offer enough because I know some of you have been working with the Enneagram for a long time. And maybe this is a slightly different way of seeing it. I've pulled information from Sister Lois Didion from the Cynical Retreat House, which I got to study the Enneagram under. Um, Riso and Hudson's book, The Wisdom of the Enneagram. Um, um, Wagley's books on um, making the Enneagram easy and Enneagram for parenting. Um, Suzanne Stabil's book. So this is a combination of information from a lot of different resources. So I'm going to go through all the types. I'm starting with the eight. Some of you are, might be saying, why don't you start with a one? One is the first number where you might be a one, if you're thinking that. But also, also, there are eights, nines, and ones are all part of this body-centered or gut-centered um, center. 
so information comes through kind of the body or the gut kind of first, right? So that, that's why we start with eight, nine, and one, because they're all part of that center. All right, so eight, challenger protective. They may be confident, resourceful, protective, or, and intimidating, controlling, confrontational. So like the top three alerts are like healthy ones, and as things kind of start to slide, and by the way, the arc of our lives does not look like this, right? It's like this, which is why you need indicator lights because you might not know you're doing that again, right? All right, so the top three words are healthy, um, kind of healthier adjectives. I'm losing my words, okay. Um, and then their focus of attention is on being in control. Their core belief is that it is un an unjust world and I need to protect myself. A healthy shift in their self-talk might sound like I am powerful transcending to I am helpful. Um, there, there's also virtues and vices. Um, their virtue is innocent, their vice is lust. Again, indicator lights. Um, their theme is it's my way or the highway. A core coping strategy is to dominate and expand their control. Now, here's some, I love these little tidbits. Their invitation to abundance is an invitation to stand up for yourself and speak out for what you believe. When they are becoming, um, when they are progressing, let's say life is going like this, right? You might see that they're becoming more open-hearted and more caring. And the little phrase that, um, that Stabil, Suzanne Stabil uses in her book is vulnerability is not a weakness important for eights to remember. Now, I just added this part of the slide this morning because I'm a six and I didn't want to leave anything out. But I really don't want to go into it too much because I want to make sure I get through all of them. I just wanted to offer this up as a snapshot of what that whole triad, right? Those three numbers that are connected, the stressor, um, the, the um, number that we go to in stress and the number we go to in security and the wings, and then also this, this stance. So I'm gonna kind of breeze by those, um, and maybe you'll pick up on something, but I'm sure when you attend Suzanne Stabil's workshop and you get one of those few spots that are left, there'll be plenty of information like this for you to, to D. Nine, peacemaker, mediator. Nines can be comfortable, easygoing, and optimistic, or complacent, lazy, stubborn. Their focus of attention is on keeping the peace. Their core belief is my presence is unimportant. A healthy shift in their self-talk might transcend from I am settled to I make a difference. Their theme is can we all just get along and their core coping strategy is to go along with others. An invitation to abundance for them is to bring peace and healing into your world. Progress looks like becoming self-developing and energetic risking conflict for connection. Action is their virtue and sloth is their vice. Indicator lights, not boxes to keep people in. And there is the quick snapshot of the numbers they're related to, the wings, the numbers on either side of your leading type is called your wing and so that just makes it more and more complex which is a good thing when your path unfolds and you're ready to understand that complexity. Ones, 
reformers, per perfectionist. They can be organized, responsible, and orderly, ethical, critical, and patient. Their focus of attention is on getting things right. Their core belief is that I am responsible for making things right. A shift in their self-talk moves from I am right to I am okay however I am. Their virtue is serenity and their anger, anger is their vice. Their theme is there is a right way, let me show you how. <laughs> their core coping strategy is to maintain high standards. Their invitation to abundance is to live for a higher purpose. Progress for them looks like them becoming more spontaneous and joyful. Side note, my husband is a one, and he does that part so well when we go on vacation. We call him Vacation Eric because he gets bubbly and spontaneous, and it's fabulous. <laughs> Things could always be better. Here's your snapshot for the one. Twos, helpers and givers. Generous, caring, supportive, sentimental, self-neglecting, possessive. Their focus of attention is on other people and relationships. Their core belief is that it is selfish to have my own needs. A shift in their self-talk goes from I am giving to I am special and unique. Humility is their virtue, pride is their vice. Their theme is how can I help? Their core coping strategy is to sacrifice themselves. Their invitation to abundance is to nurture themselves and others. Progress looks like them becoming more self-nurturing and aware. Your feelings or mine. There's your snapshot. Three, achiever, performer. Charming, driven, goal-focused, competitive, ambitious, workaholic. Focus of attention is on their accomplishments. Their core belief is that my worth depends on my achievements. Their shift in self-talk goes from I am successful to I am faithful and loyal. Truthfulness is their virtue and deceit their vice. Their theme is I can be anything I want. Core coping strategy is to compete to be the best. Their invitation to abundance is to develop themselves and set an example for others. Progress looks like them becoming more cooperative and committed being everyone but myself. Three's snapshot. Fours, individualist, romantic, creative, sensitive, authentic, envious, melancholy, moody. Their attention is on being unique. Their core belief is I'm missing something important. Their shift in self-talk goes from I am special to I am good and growing. Equanimity is their virtue. If you don't know that word, it's one of my favorite words. It means being okay like a tree with deep roots no matter how hard the wind is blowing. Vice, envy. Theme, I've got to be me. Core coping strategy, to search for the ideal. Their invitation to abundance is to let go of the past and be renewed by their experience. Progress looks like them becoming more objective and principled. Go away, but don't leave. Four's snapshot. Fives, investigator, observer, 
analytical, insightful, innovative, intense, isolated, detached. Their focus of attention is on their ideas. Their core belief is that they are on their own. There's no support for me. Shift in self-talk from I am wise to I can do it. Their virtue, detachment, and their vice, avarice, also referred to as greed in some other resources. Theme, I don't need much, I do need my space. Core coping strategy, to be self-sufficient and minimize needs. Their invitation to abundance is to observe themselves and others. Progress looks like them becoming more self-confident and decisive. My fences have gates. And there is the fives snapshot. Sixes, loyalist questioner. Inquisitive, reliable, responsible, reactive, defiant, suspicious. Focus of attention is on being safe and secure. I am safe. I have a little note for myself. <laughs> Whenever I get a little anxious, I have my affirmations. Being safe and secure. The world is unsafe and full of threats is their core belief. Their shift in self-talk goes from I am obedient to I am settled. Their virtue is courage. Their vice, fear. Their theme, you can count on me. The core coping strategy, to search for something outside myself to believe in. Their invitation to abundance is to have faith in yourself and trust in life's goodness. I wonder why I came to Ordinary Life so much. <laughs> Progress looks like becoming more relaxed and optimistic. Question everything. Six snapshots. Enthusiast, epicure, adventurous, playful, versatile, impulsive, distracted, scattered. Their focus of attention is on life's possibilities. Their core belief is my fulfillment lies out there. A healthy shift in their self-talk sounds like going from I am happy to I am wise. Sobriety is their virtue, gluttony their vice. Their theme, I want to explore and celebrate all life offers. Core coping strategy is to search for new experiences. Their invitation to abundance is to joy, joyously celebrate existence and share happiness. Progress for them looks like becoming more focused and profound. It's all good. And Seven's Snapshot. All right, we made it <laughs> all the way through, all the nine types. And so the next quote I'm going back to is, in theory, there's no difference in theory and practice. In practice, there is. So I'm going back to action, you guys. And I, on those handouts, um, I have, uh, is it okay to call you out on the way the handout is? Okay, all right. So um, my buddy Randall, who's been a coach off and on for me for years, who I met in this class, helped me organize the handout to help you see the question, the why, the longing, your answer, right? 
the invitation. And then on the back, I want you to make note of your next actions. What steps are you going to take to move that knowing, the curiosity, the knowing into the doing? Because what good is any of this information if it doesn't change our lives? If it doesn't give ourselves the potential to live in the grace of who we are in such a way that we open ourselves to understanding and connecting with others with that same grace. So those were folded intentionally for you to go through that process and not forget that backside. That's where the action happens. So I encourage you to use that sheet, not just in this class, but when you attend Suzanne Stabil's workshop. Stay close to your goals. Make note of your next actions. I'm here because I'm a six and I can see the problems in the world and I work in my lab like my five wing and I come up with all these practices and then I've got to chill out, <laughs> believe and trust and have faith that there's good in the world and have the creativity that I love that helps me come up with different solutions. And my life, like I said, has gone from being stressed out and scared. Y'all, I used to lose my vision. My anxiety got so bad. And now, like, thank heavens, I can see my screen. <laughs> right? We want that kind of change. We want to be able to participate in all of the wonderful, loving, growing connections that we have as opportunities. Um, and that's what I want for you. And I'm challenging you to put in the work to get there for yourselves. My cheeks hurt from smiling now. <laughs> right? And I'm not just talking about now, now, but like in my life. And that's why I'm standing here. And I had to call on my counterphobic six, my six that was a motorcycle racer as a young child. <laughs> I had to call on that girl to come up here today but I'm so glad that I did, and I'm so grateful because I'm excited about all the nods and smiles and recognition of your mission and what I think you'll do with this work. And I want the world to be more full of love, and so it makes me happy to see your reaction. All right, I need to stop, I think, and um, I would love for you to hand me those cards if you want to. I have business cards back there, too, if you want to follow up. It's my intention to help you on your journey um, and help you, you understand the indicators, your indicator lights. So I'm happy to work with you in spiritual direction. Um, and I'm really curious about how the workshop will go for each of you. I'm going to stop there. Thank you. Um, Are you willing to stay and deal with people? Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we don't have a whole lot of time for Q&A, but we'll take a couple. Somebody got a question? Yes. Can you shout it out? Yes. Will you repeat it? Yes. Um, she said, I explained um, the eight, nine, and one coming from the gut. The other centers are two, threes, and fours are more feeling, emotion types, right? So they might notice how they feel, 
before they capture their thought. That's how I put it, because that's how I select practices for people. If you connect with what you're thinking first, but before how you feel, there's a different practice maybe for you than if you notice what you're thinking first, rather than connecting with how you feel, right? So that tells you the other type. There's body, gut, feeling, emotional, and there is the thinking type, the head type. And though the head type is five, six, and seven. Great question. Yes. Yeah, way back there. Yes, I skipped right over that. Repeating the question, do people stay the same leading type over the arc of their life? Yes, thank you for that because I meant to start with that at the very beginning. Um, unlike some other typing where we have shifts in the way that we, we show up in the world, with the Enneagram type, your type is generally formed in your childhood and it's a reaction to your coping mechanisms and what your environment is and how your perspective on that forms that personality type and it stays that way the rest of your life. Now you'll know with the stress and the security, we start be behaving like other types when we're in stress and when we're feeling more secure, but our leading type stays the same. Great question. One of the things that I would like to add is that many of the types, and, and I dismissed the Enneagram in the beginning because I did the Myers-Briggs, I administered it and the MMPI, and I thought, I don't need that. And a lot of personality typing systems actually box people in. This is a tool designed to be used for spiritual growth. Not just to say, oh, I'm a seven or a six or a one, and that settles that. You to use this information to grow in the various areas that the Enneagram offers you that opportunity. I'm in a men's group, and um, it just so happened we meet every other week. And this week, a few of the guys couldn't come, but all the guys in my men's group are sevens. <laughs> every one of us. So you can imagine. Woo. It must be so bubbly up in there. Well, it's a, you know, we got a bunch of smart-ass narcissists yeah. in the group, you know. That's what Sister Lois called me the very first oh, time man. when she said that. But I found, it, I found the Enneagram to be an incredibly useful tool. By Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, this presentation will be on YouTube. So you can go back and watch it and uh, learn more about it if you want. And um, Brooke has agreed to stay here afterward if you want to come and dialogue with her in person. So thank you for being here. Thank Brooke for being here. And remember, no matter where you go this week or what happens, you carry precious cargo. So watch your step and see you here next week. Thank you.